This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning and welcome to Community Connection. We are happy to be back today with another show. We have Dr. Neha Sharma, and she is a radiation oncologist with OSF. OSF is, of course, one of our partners. They always provide really great speakers who come on and help educate us about our health and the different services that they are providing. So we certainly appreciate their partnership, and we appreciate Dr. Sharma joining us this morning. Dr. Sharma, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Again, very happy to have you. So um, tell us what your title is and tell us what you do. Sure. Um, So I am a radiation oncologist. Um, I sort of see a variety of different types of cancers and I'm basically responsible for uh, prescribing and administering the radiation for, for patients with cancer to help prevent the recurrence or to eradicate tumors and to some, some in some circumstances, you know, palliate tumors and, you know, kind of reduce the symptoms from them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you're newer to the Danville area. Yes, I am. I just joined in November um, the, the Cancer Center at OSF um, in Danville, and I'm excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. Tell us where you came from and a little about your background. Sure. Um, so I actually was born and raised in Indiana, um, and then I've spent most of uh, my recent years um, on the East Coast. I was in New York for medical school and residency, and I, I worked in the area for a few years. Um, and then I kind of made my way down south to Florida most recently. Um, and I have, um, you know, enjoyed sort of being back in the Midwest and being closer to, to my family and kind of where I grew up. Um, and, you know, it's been it's been nice to have seasons again, enjoying Christmas time around here. So it's been good. Well, we kind of have a season. We don't know what the season is right now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not something. quite the way I remember it from growing up. <laughs> we got something, all right. Um, so tell me, when you were in New York, did you go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I did. You know, I spent quite a few uh, Thanksgivings in New York. I was there for 13 years and, and you know, I did make it a couple of times. It was always a lot of fun. <laughs> so. Was it as crazy as it looks for the crowds? Uh, probably crazier. Yeah. <laughs> I figured as much. It's, it's always been one of my bucket list items to go there for Macy's Day Parade. But I want to be in a, at a hotel that has a balcony <laughs> overlooking it. And them serve me my Thanksgiving dinner, so I, I'm saving up my thousands of dollars to make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a good way to do it. <laughs> so tell me, why did you choose this profession? Yeah, so you know, I I feel like I kind of stumbled upon it in, in some ways. Um, you know, I had a general interest in cancer biology and oncology after medical school. I'm sorry, after after college. And, you know, I didn't really know much about radiation specifically. And, you know, I came back home in the summer after college and, you know, my, we had a family friend actually who was a radiation oncologist and he was kind enough to let me spend a little time with him over the summer. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed, um, you know, his enthusiasm for his craft and, you know, uh, the difference it looked like he was making in his patients' lives. And then when I went to medical school, I, I went to Cornell in New York City and I was just kind of fortunate to be right across the street from Sloan Kettering. Uh, and so I did some research at Memorial Sloan Kettering as a medical student and, 
I had assigned a mentor there. Um, and, you know, it really sort of stuck with me. Um, I enjoyed, uh, you know, kind of a lot of different aspects of oncology at that time. Things were changing a lot in radiation specifically. There was a lot of technology um, advancing and things were really coming um, a long way in terms of managing side effects and kind of being able to deliver treatments even in the place of surgery. Um, and it was just an exciting time in our field. And so I decided to go into it. Um, I liked that, you know, one thing was specific about radiation was that even if you weren't able to cure cancer in some cases, at least you were able to give patients good quality of life. Um, you know, you were able to help take their pain away and, you know, improve, you know, whatever days they had remaining um, for the cases that weren't curable. And so that kind of sat really well with me versus, you know, some of the other treatments for oncology that sometimes, you know, don't necessarily make the patients feel better, um, you know, and in, in, in non-curative circumstances. So, um, you know, all those factors just kind of um, made me go into the field and, you know, I'm felt really fortunate that I, that I did. Mm -hmm. um, so how, is it, how exactly does radiation work? What does it do to a tumor or a cancer spot? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, it's kind of like getting um, a high-powered sort of focused x-ray. And, you know, it's basically, you don't feel or see anything. It's basically an x-ray that is precisely delivered to certain areas of the body um, around the tumor or where lymph nodes may be. And it breaks up the DNA strands of cancer cells and, and basically anything in its path. And your normal cells have a stem cell population, so they're able to kind of repopulate and, and reproduce. And the goal is to kind of eradicate that stem cell population of the cancer cells so that they're not able to come back. Um, and so it basically works by breaking up the DNA of, of the cancer cells so that they're not able to kind of regenerate. Mm -hmm. Well, that is, uh, I've always been curious about that. And I've been curious because I've actually had radiation treatment. We will take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about breast health and get into some other issues. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Community Connection. This morning we have Dr. Neha Sharma. She is with OSF, uh, the Julius Hagler II Cancer Center, and we were talking about her being newer to Danville. She's here. She's a radiation oncologist and uh, talking about her passion for her field. So um, audience, you all know we've talked about this before. I had breast cancer about five and a half, six years ago. And thankfully I was blessed with good insurance that I was, you know, everything was caught early. And I ended up just having a lumpectomy along with radiation treatment. And so Dr. Sharma, um, you, you wanna kind of talk about what that would entail? Sure. Well, first off, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing well um, and that your disease was caught early and you've had a great outcome. So congratulations on that. And, you know, that's always, uh, you know, the types of stories that we like to hear and, and we get to see more and more frequently now. Um, so, you know, with respect to, to how we manage breast cancer, um, you know, in the past, you know, up through about the 70s or so, the standard treatment for anybody with any type of breast cancer was mastectomy or removal of the whole breast. And then they started doing some studies looking at, you know, well, you know, a lot of women that was very disfiguring for them and they wanted to keep their breasts. And so they looked at, you know, can we do lumpectomies or smaller surgeries where we just remove the tumor? And they found that the recurrence rate of the cancer was a little bit higher with lumpectomy you know, as opposed to if you remove the whole breast or had a mastectomy. 
But interestingly, they found that if you added radiation after a lumpectomy to the breast, um, that you got the same result um, in terms of the low recurrence rate as if you had done a mastectomy. So basically doing a lumpectomy where you just remove the tumor and adding radiation, you know, allowed women to do what we call breast conservation or keep their breasts um, while having their cancer, you know, uh, treated adequately, you know, from from an oncologic perspective and, and keeping a low recurrence rate. So that's why now the standard of care for, for any woman who wants to keep their breast or chooses lumpectomy is to add radiation afterwards to help reduce the recurrence rate to as if you had, you know, undergone a mastectomy. Um, and, you know, the radiation itself for breast cancer has, has kind of come a long way, um, you know, in recent years. Uh, in the past, before we had the type of equipment and planning that we do now, Sometimes we'd run into issues, you know, inflammation of the lungs or, you know, the heart getting excessive radiation that would sometimes cause, you know, premature, um, you know, atherosclerosis of, of your arteries, your coronary arteries and issues with your heart. Um, now we do a lot of, you know, sort of painstaking efforts to make sure that the dose to the heart and to the lungs is kept under what we know it's able, they're able to tolerate, you know, to prevent some of these long term side effects. Um, additionally, uh, another factor that's changed quite a bit in terms of how we do radiation for breast cancer and for many other cancers is that we're able to do it a little bit more quickly than we were in the past. Um, you know, in the past, the standard treatment was a Monday through Friday daily treatment for about six and a half to seven weeks. Now, um, you know, we have more recent data that supports us doing shorter treatments so that sometimes we're treating patients just with five treatments over the course of a week or so. Sometimes it's three to four weeks. Um, and, you know, oftentimes, especially for early breast cancer, where we're not having to, you know, uh, radiate the lymph nodes as extensively, you know, we're able to, you know, do these shorter courses and, and patients are just, you know, not having to deal with the inconvenience of having to come in for as many treatments. Um, and, you know, again, we're able to prevent a lot of the side effects that, you know, we sometimes would see in the past. So things have evolved quite a, quite a long way um, than, you know, as compared to what we used to do. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, well, uh, thank you for your well wishes for me. I do appreciate that. And I think probably when I was undergoing the radiation, um, so one of the things I thought that was really cool, but my doctor wouldn't agree to it, of course, we had to have like, a, <laughs> we had to have, for for better words, a, a cross tattoo. It's not really a cross, but you put, you know, the dot <laughs> The middle of the so you can find the center spot so you know where you're going. I was trying to get him to do some pretty turtles or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, our quote-unquote tattoos are pretty boring. They're a little like pen tip dots. Nothing nothing too exciting, unfortunately. So maybe we need to work on that. That could be our next, uh, you know, next study. <laughs> so the funny thing, Dr. Sharma, um, so I, I actually worked at a community college. This is total backstory. I worked at a community college and we were doing a two uh, program in the Department of Corrections and for that application to be able to go in the Department of Corrections you had to list your tattoos so I felt all like you know proud <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go yeah it's funny to see see women you know, getting their first tattoos you know and in a uh-huh. more advanced age but <laughs> not quite the ones you may have picked out when you were younger <laughs> yeah, exactly right um but you know it wasn't I, I was very worried and nervous because again d- walking into the unknown but you know my radiation nice. team they were amazing and you know uh, i i didn't suffer 
burns and um, you know maybe a little skin irritation but through the course of, of the whole treatment it wasn't as bad as I thought so I think one of the things I'd like to make sure our, our audience knows today um, you know it can be scary because you don't know but um, you definitely need to make sure you're taking care of your breast health because what you don't know can kill you. Yeah, right? I mean, that that's so important. Absolutely. And I think, you know, your feelings of, you know, sort of apprehension or anxiety going into radiation are, are totally natural. And what we see, you know, the vast majority of the time, I mean, you no one grows up hearing, you know, positive things about radiation. So, you know, you're taught to keep away from radiation. But you know, the type of radiation that we administer is very different than, you know, the type that's in the background or the type that you need to, you know, be careful with or avoid. This is therapeutic radiation, which is, you know, different than, you know, the kind you hear about that makes you glow. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different type of treatment and it's come a long way. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, what you don't know, um, you know, can harm you. And, you know, I think the importance of getting routine screening mammograms every year um, at a minimum, you know, at, at starting at age 40 is, is, is just extremely important. And, you know, the sooner that we detect these things, you know, the more treatable they are and the better outcomes we have. And, you know, in many cases, the less extensive your treatment has to be too. So um, there's a lot of advantages to to screening and to early detection. And, you know, the more of that we're able to do, the better our outcomes are, which is what we've seen in recent years. So. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. And, you know, one of the things I was going to ask you, I, I don't think I've asked any of the doctors this. So following the data, um, you know, you were talking about the data and the trending, that type of thing. So uh, when you've done as much studying as you've done with your, your doctorate program and your specialty, um, you still have to, you still follow the data on a regular basis, apparently. Absolutely. Things are always changing and evolving as they should. Um, you know, we want to continue to improve and get better and, and, you know, learn from, you know, our, our, you know, our, everything that we've, our experiences are, have been, have, have been in the past and we learn from, you know, the data published in other countries. And so, you know, we are constantly, um, keeping up with, with new advances and we're constantly trying to evolve and advance. And I think, you know, one thing that we're really fortunate here in Danville to have is, is sort of state-of-the-art equipment. Um, you know, they recently got um, a new machine called a True Beam Linear Accelerator, which is really sort of, you know, has all the bells and whistles, um, which help us to be able to give treatment, you know, the most accurately, which in turn helps, helps the patients to avoid side effects and to be treated, you know, the most precisely. So, you know, we're always learning and we're always evolving. And, and fortunately, here in our local community, we have sort of all the state of the art equipment to be able to treat patients uh, the way that, you know, we would hope for them to be treated in, in the most ideal circumstance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, so talking about the, the OSF, uh, Julius W. Hagler II and the Bob, Bobette Steely Cancer Center, um, I've been there, you know, doctor in the biog is my doctor. So I, I come there on a regular basis and it really is a very neat facility. And as you're saying, up to date. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're super, super, um, fortunate, you know, the Hegler family donated that, that machine, the tree beam, um, you know, a couple of years ago. And fortunately it's been, you know, sort of, uh, fitted with all the, the latest sort of technologies to where we're able to really, really precisely deliver radiation, you know, for our breast patients, uh, we have new technology that kind of monitors, you know, the chest as you breathe in and out, you know, your, your, your heart moves along with your chest. And so we were able to kind of monitor that breathing cycle to only deliver radiation when you're 
art is basically away from the radiation field. It's called deep inspiration breath hold. So we have patients hold their breath during certain parts of the breathing cycle. And basically we're able to, you know, just radiate, you know, more precisely and avoid the heart even more than, than what we've been able to do in the past. And so, you know, all of these things are really um, a blessing to have because it allows us to feel confident about the care that we're giving patients and allows them to get, you know, the best treatment with minimal side effects, both in the short term and long term. Mm-hmm. And isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's, just amazing. It, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I finished my residency training in 2012 and, and, you know, even in the last 10 or 11 years to see how much things have changed and evolved and come along, it's been really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and take our last break and then we'll come back and complete the show. We'll be right back. Welcome to the final segment of Community Connection. This morning we have Dr. Neha Sharma with us. She is a radiation oncologist with OSF. And we've been talking about some really uh, good information, up-to-date uh, technology that's at the, the Hagler Bobette Steely Cancer Center. Um, you know, uh, when I think about contributors like that, it, it is amazing that people care enough to, to share their time, talents, and resources to make sure the community is well cared for. And Dr. Sharma, I, I'm sure that's one of the things that you've noticed since moving to the Danville area. We have a great contributing uh, community members. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's amazing the commitment to the local community. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, the, the level of generosity of donors, the, the, the commitment to, to making sure that patients get the best care and resources here has been um, just, just amazing to, to, you know, to watch and be a part of. Um, and I have to say the patients here are amazing too. They're really, really kind and just great salt of the earth. Just nice, nice people all the time. And that, that's been a real joy as well. <laughs> so, so that's, that's the Midwest, right? Yeah, no, it's so refreshing. I gotta say <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Well, we are very happy to have you uh, again here with us. Anything else that you would like to add, Dr. Sharma? No, thank you so much for having me this morning. And, you know, obviously any questions that we can answer related to, to cancer, to radiation, uh, please feel free to reach out anytime, um, you know, to the public. And, and thank you so much. You're welcome. We appreciate you, audience. I hope you've learned some really good information today and, um, you know, especially well, not especially to women, men can have breast cancer too. So just to everybody, you know, make sure you're watching your breast health along with all of the other different things. This is a new year. Um, you know, let's take care of things. Let's not wait till the last minute. Let's make sure that we're, we are taking care of ourselves so that way we can take good care of others. And Dr. Sharma, thank you for all you do. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Audience, we'll be back in the morning. We are going to have some folks from Carl on to talk about their new community health initiative. Until then, I hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.